This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups, and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Think Future podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kalabukas, and once again, we're coming at you live from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. Today, we've got a special treat for you. Gonna do my regular monologue, and then we have a segment from Craig Shames from uh, Greatest Idea Ever. And uh, he's gonna talk about three interesting ideas that are gonna blow your mind. We're gonna talk about that after my monologue. And uh, so there you go. So, now one of the models that we use in our future sessions is known as the second curve very simple uh, model. It assumes that there are cycles to everything and everything that is being done today will wane and something else will take its place. I may have said it many times before, change is the only constant in life, the universe, and everything. Gotta love, uh, gotta love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, huh? These cycles may be long or they may be short, but the key takeaway here is they will always happen. We just don't know when. They're inevitable. No matter what you're doing today, it will be replaced by something else tomorrow. The only questions are, what will replace it and when will it happen? I mean, give something a long enough time frame and it'll go from nothing to a market of varying size to nothing again. This happens in every industry, most technologies, and most products. For example, look at the progression of recorded entertainment, from phonographs to tapes, compact discs, first wave of digitization, then to MP3 files, then to streaming. It may have taken 50 years, but every successive curve downward, so as things stop being used, as eight tracks and cassette tapes stop being used, they had an analogous upward curve. So the the eight tracks and and cassette tapes stopped being used, CDs started rising. Even though a lot of people may have gone back to turntables, you know, the whole revenge of the analog thing, many of us entertain ourselves through some streaming service. I mean, I've used a streaming service for a long time. Um, I refused to buy tracks individually because I subscribed to a streaming service that was able to give me as many tracks as I wanted to. Spotify is fantastic. I love Spotify. I got access to millions and millions of tracks, and I know I'm paying every month but i listen to a large variety of music and because i listen to a huge variety of music and i enjoy listening to new things and this huge variety of music i would have to be shelling out money for tracks i'd be spending way more than the 120 or so dollars a year that i spend on spotify right now but some people have gone back to turntables and 
most people still use a streaming service. But it's, it's just one example. Everything changes. Everything goes through these down to up cycles. And the trick is to know when to leap to the next up cycle from the down cycle. Like when you got to get off the down cycle just at the right point to get to the next up cycle. You have to know exactly when to go from CDs to MP3s or from downloads to streams. But if you're not ready to jump at just the right moment or only slightly before or after, then you might lose everything forever. Let me look at what happened to Kodak. They didn't, even though they invented digital photography, I mean, it's funny how often we go back to this example, but it's really prescient. They invented digital photography. They invented it. And it was the thing that brought them down because they didn't embrace it. They said, oh, that doesn't apply to us. That won't affect us. That won't change us. That won't do anything for us. We don't need it. In fact, keep it quiet because we're making too much money with what we're doing. We're in a new age where there's there's so little loyalty from your consumer other than to the best deal. And we'll only be competing with others in our spaces. We'll also be fighting for position with intelligent agents as well as human customers. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, have you even thought about this? Have you even thought about the day that you're not selling to consumers anymore? You're not selling directly to consumers anymore, but you're selling to intelligence agents on behalf of the consumer? If everything is changing and will change, how do you deal with the change? How can you anticipate the change? How do you prepare for the change? And how do you be ready to make the leap when the time comes? You have to think further out. You have to develop not only strategic plans and roadmaps for the next few quarters, but you must also be prepared with scenarios for the next two to five years and beyond. These possible futures can help to, you to prepare for the next decision point, to map out and alert you to the next intersection where you need to make the leap to the next upward curve. Additionally, these aspirational roadmaps can not only prepare you for the future of your market, they can be a great tool to channel your innovation efforts. If we can assume that everything will change, then we can proactively anticipate that change, discover that future, develop innovations, and act at just the right moment. These roadmaps allow us to control our future as opposed to allowing the future to control us. And now, a word from Craig Shames at Greatest Idea Ever at greatestideaever.wordpress.com. Yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. Can we okay, hear what so you got for me? So obviously you're familiar with the Jetsons. Oh yeah, I love the Jetsons. I use them all the time when I do presentations about what the future should be, should be like. Right. <laughs> and I, what's sad is that most of the technology that was forecast on the show has not yet come true. We yes. don't have flying cars yet. We don't have closets that dress us. You know, we have the movable sidewalk, but only at the airport and mm -hmm. only for a little stretch. So we may finally get something from the Jetsons to come true in real life. We may get a real-life Rosie the Robot. Ooh, nice. 
And this is from Amazon. They is kind of a breaking news. Uh, it's not yet formally announced, but there's rumors that they're working on this. It's called Project Vesta. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of be like an Amazon Echo speaker combined with a Roomba. So it would be movable and it would kind of follow you around the house and listen to your voice commands and hopefully clean up after you. And <laughs> maybe like use uh, your Amazon accounts to reorder your supplies or groceries for you. I love that so, idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, I think if it comes to fruition, that would be pretty cool if you had a like an actual robot assistant in your house. Yeah, because I'm always, I mean, I, yeah, right now you have to buy uh, one for each room, right? It would be great if it, if it could just follow you around. Right, right. That's their thinking is that they can already spy on you in one room, so why not do it in a way that they can get to all your rooms and just keep following you around? Yeah, that would be cool. And then even in a better extension might even be uh, a drone. Like a flying version, so then it doesn't have to worry about sort of tripping over carpets and all that stuff. It couldn't clean as well, obviously, but. Right. That's one of the things they said they're working on is trying to figure out how to make it maneuver through your house. Yeah. And get around all the obstacles, all the furniture you may have, the different rooms, different floors. And they said they're trying to outfit it with the same technology that's being used in driverless cars. Mm-hmm. Kind of that image recognition technology so that the device, the robot could see where it's going. That's very cool. See, the thing is, the human houses are built for humans, right? So you almost need a robot that can that they can walk, or I mean, almost like a dog. I mean, dogs can get around homes because they've got legs. So their homes aren't really houses aren't really designed for things on wheels. They're designed more for things on legs. So <laughs> maybe they need a, le- a, a, a robot, uh, like walking robot version. That'd be kind of cool. Have you seen the videos of those robots that are figuring out how to walk and oh, yeah. fall down and get back up again? Yeah, I love them because they're so creepy. <laughs> I know when something's yeah. creepy, it's probably really, really cutting edge and innovative. So when it gets to the creepy stage, it's probably something that's uh, that's going to happen. Because a lot of stuff that we find sort of commonplace nowadays used to be creepy. So right, right. Maybe, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw a video of one of those. Um, it's from Boston Dynamics, a yes. robot that. Open the door and let another robot through. Yeah, and that was kind of that moment where you're like, okay, that's pretty creepy. <laughs> They're coming for us. <laughs> that's right. It is kind of it is kind of creepy. Cool. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of the Echo speakers, though, there is something else that just came out from Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's called um, Blueprints. So if you go to blueprints.amazon.com, mm-hmm. you can basically customize your own Alexa skill. Ooh. So they kind of have these templates, kind of like Mad Lib style, plug and play. Nice. And you can go in there and let's say you want to, you know, listen to a joke. Instead of saying, Alexa, tell me a joke, you could still do that. But when you do it, it would be a joke that you put in. <laughs> Is Alexa telling you a joke? <laughs> did, you, did you hear that in the background? Yes. I, as soon as I thought about saying that, I knew she was going to interrupt. I was hoping you didn't hear that. <laughs> Yeah, so I have one, uh, clearly, and uh, you have to be careful what you say around here. <laughs> that's right. But that's great. I'm glad that they're doing that because I always thought the best stuff comes from the crowd, right? When you when you right. open things right. up and you give the tools to everyone, that's where you get the best stuff, especially when you make it really easy for somebody to put something together because people might have the idea to do something, but if they don't have the skill to actually build a skill, then right. – 
you know, giving them the skills to build a skill in an easy way is fantastic. So that's really good. We're going to see a great explosion. The, the, the problem is <laughs> it kind of works both ways. You're going to see an explosion of crappy stuff as well as an explosion of good stuff. So once you start handing it out to the masses, it's going to, it, you're going to get a lot more. So that's great. Yeah, hopefully you have more good stuff than crappy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. I don't think. Do they have like a rating system on skills, so that people can say, "Hey, this skill is great." I guess they probably they probably do. They probably rate everything. Yeah, Amazon's known for their for their rating system, and then the more popular ones would get you know bumped up in the queue, so so that you would see them. That's cool. Right gonna, now, they only have about twenty um, blueprints that are in there, but I'm sure they're going to add more. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and create something. <laughs> I'm gonna create a blueprint. Thanks. This is inspiring. Inspiring. Like after we get off this, after we get yeah. off the show today, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on there and see if I can create some blueprints. See what's cool. They said one uh, use case for it is uh, let's say you have an Airbnb mm-hmm. and you want to leave a message for your guests. You can create a skill that would um, allow you to customize a message to them, and then when they ask the speaker, you know, what are my instructions? They'll get all the key information that they need. Ooh, nice. That's great. That's great. I'm actually going out, going away next week to an Airbnb, uh, and, uh, you know, suggest that to the host. See what he thinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. cool. A good introduction to the technology. Yeah. Well, isn't there a hotel somewhere? So, they said they were going to put echoes in every room. I thought that was kind of, that'd be kind of weird. I don't know if I'd want a hotel listening <laughs> on my room, is- but hey. Yeah, I have not heard about that. Do you know where that would be? I think it's the Wynn in Vegas, which is interesting because what happened to um, Steve Wynn. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's a different conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure they're going to do things like that where they infuse hotel rooms with technology. I think somewhere in Japan they actually have an entire hotel that's just run by automation. So all the, um, you know, the bellhops and the front desk, yeah. you would just interact with uh, computers and robots and you wouldn't have any human interaction at all. Yeah, I think I read an article on that and I thought that's that's interesting, but I think Japan is definitely more, uh, I don't know what the word is, well, I guess welcoming of a lot yeah. of that kind of automation. I mean, uh, I think that there's, especially with what's happening with the um, population aging. They're coming up with all sorts of interesting ways of using robotics and things like that to care for the elderly. So it's interesting stuff. But, yeah, I think we're going to see more and more of this robotics, more and more of these robotics in our lives, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great segue into the next topic, which has to do with Japan and robotics. Nice. And they actually have a robot that's running for mayor of Tokyo. (laughs) No way. That is cool. Yeah, his name or her name is Mishihito Matsuda. Mm-hmm. Basically, uses um, a series of algorithms to analyze, you know, poll data, survey results, um, interviews with citizens to find out what the people want. Wow! And then it would make the best decision for them based on the data collected. And then, if there's any disputes between residents, it would resolve the disputes as well. Wow! That is that is amazing. That is great. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> and it, it I wonder if it's going to win, though. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be very cool if it Pulled won. It <laughs> I would definitely vote for a robot for office. Well, yeah. I mean, you, they can't be they can't be corrupted, right? They can't be right? swayed, and and it's you know whatever the crowd wants. So I think, oh, that, that would be great. We should we should have more automated governance around the world. I mean, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened yet. But you're right. I mean, Japan would be the place that it would start. 
So mm-hmm. that would be that's cool. Yeah. Can't be much worse than the humans we currently have in some positions. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting you should mention that because I was watching. I don't know. I've been uh, rewatching Star Trek: Next Generation. You know, Data is one of the characters on on board, and there was this one show where they were trying to get out of some trap, and they were they were all being really concerned that the only way they would be able to get out of the trap is if they handed over complete control of the propulsion to the computer so that like no humans would be involved they would just let the computer make all these adjustments like really quickly and they'd be get, able to get out of this trap and i remember they had a lot of philosophical discussion about oh do we really want to give up all this control to a computer you know it might you know it might not it might screw up or it might not do what we wanted or whatever it was it was really interesting but here we are you know actually thinking about you know putting people in political office i mean what would happen if she made like or she see i'm already anthropomorphizing it right what if it made a decision we, that we didn't like right what would we do right so it'd be interesting to see but uh, we'd have to wait cool. next election and vote it out <laughs> like we do now right <laughs> that's right or some enterprising um, elector will go in there and reprogram it or something like that will go in and say well not quite i don't quite like some of the decisions she's been making so let me just make this small change or can you imagine like um, getting infected with malware or viruses or anything right. like that that would that would be a big problem. That that would be the corruption right there. It would be some kind of some kind of enterprising developer corrupting them in that way. Right. So yeah, that would have to be you know safeguards put in place there because we can't even vote now electronically. Right. It would be a big leap to have you know a robot that's in charge. Yes. Well, very cool. Yeah. So then our next idea, um, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with the Harry Potter series. Oh yes. And um, again, we were talking about the Jetsons and turning, you know, science fiction into fact. So there's always been people that's trying to trying to make things from the Harry Potter series come true, like mm-hmm. the invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we finally have now is, if you remember, the Weasley family clock oh, yes. was a way for the um, for the parents, the Weasley family, keep track on all their kids and their whereabouts. And instead of having the hours and the minutes on a clock. It would be each of the kids and where they were. Mm-hmm. And so now we have that. It's called the ETA clock, and it's kind of a real-life Weasley family clock. Nice. So each member of the family would go into the companion app and preset locations based on GPS data for where they're going to be. So mm-hmm. you could set up home, school, work, or if you're in transit. And then the clock would show where you were in real time based on what your phone is showing as your location at that time. Wow, that's great. I can see that that well, would be really helpful for a lot of parents. Yeah, it's great for the parents, <laughs> probably not so great for the kids who want to sneak away somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, does it, does it actually show, does it just have the time, or does it also show location and things like that? It just shows the time. So there is some privacy there. Is that right? Yeah, it's just the locations, and they're not hypersensitive, so you would just know the person, say, is... It would say friend's house. You wouldn't know right. which friend. Right. Or you would just know that they're traveling in transit, but you wouldn't necessarily know exactly where they were. But you wouldn't be able to, would you be able to know if they went to the mall or not? If the kid says, hey, I'm going to the mall with so-and-so, would you be able to know that much at least? Or it doesn't do that Yeah, as long as, they, as long as they enable their phone. Right. You know, as that's one of the preset locations. As long as the phone is transmitting the GPS data at that time, then yeah, you would know where they were. Cool. 
would be cool if you could actually uh, set that to trigger too. So if they actually got to wherever they were going, maybe you could say, "Hey, you know, I'll give you twenty bucks to see that movie, but you got to be at the mall <laughs> with your friend, <laughs> and then the money will get transferred into your account or something like that." So it'd be that's cool a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Actually, sync up um, other data sets to where they're going to be. At yeah. That time. Yeah. So that that way, um, it's it sort of. You know, they don't want to be able to deceive you because if they did, then they wouldn't get the twenty bucks, right, or whatever it is. So that's very right. cool. Nowadays, you need more than twenty bucks, though. That's yeah, true. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> see a movie option. for twenty bucks. <laughs> wow, that's, that's all very cool. Yeah, so hopefully they can make some of the other things from Harry Potter come true too. Well, it's like so uh, many different things. Is there anything particular from Harry Potter that you'd like to see come true? Um, I think. The invisibility cloak. Yes, would be pretty cool. I think that would be very cool. And I think I've in the seen, right things, though, you don't I want think, someone necessarily to have access to that. It's going to sneak around. Yeah, but I think I've That'd seen be pretty somebody, cool if you want a privacy. Yeah, I think I've seen some uh, some uh, attempts at that. You know, they use like some kind of L, like liquid crystal display cloak, and then they use a camera to show what's beyond the cloak or something like that on the cloak or something like that. So it's it's. It's, I think we're getting there. It's probably not that far away. Yeah, I've heard the same thing where they're, you know, it's not yet a commercial product, but they're able to manipulate light in a certain way that it, it tricks your mind into thinking that something's not there. I love it. Well, all those things are fantastic. Thanks so much for uh, for those, and and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Now, wasn't that great? Wasn't that mind-blowing? Um, makes me think of the invisibility cloak as yet another thing from Star Trek, right? I mean, remember the cloaking device that the Romulans had in Star Trek? I guess something like invisibility is something that humankind has wanted to be able to do. I mean, think about during war, stealth fighters. Invisibility is something we've always wanted to have. And now I feel that we actually are getting closer to it because we're able to play with light. We're able to figure out how to bend light around things or, or at least fool the eye into thinking different things. So it's kind of cool. It's like, wasn't that all mind-blowing stuff? And uh, we're probably going to have Craig back again in uh, some other episodes too. So uh, watch out for that. Thanks a lot, everyone. See you next time. And until then, don't forget to think future. future. future.